That's good. Yeah. I thought so. Oh, Dennis, my friend. My friend, my friend. You must have stories oh, of the God. reunion. Oh, my God. All Where of your old girlfriends and... Story after story about the girlfriends. But in summary, they're all much larger now. Well... That's all I'll say about that. So it was, it was uh, remarkable. I was nervous. I, the history is that I went to one reunion after I graduated. I had a little rough spot in high school, to say the least. And so I didn't much care to go back and celebrate the school, but I was convinced to do so at the 20 year and thought relative to the school. When you go to these things and they're all dedicated. This is 30 years ago. 30 years ago. They're dedicated to the school. They love the school. It's the best school. They love their class. It's the best class. They're cheerleaders. They're sports people. They're the people that look back at high school and say, God, it was the time of my life. It was a good time. It was, you know, that's not me. I had two good years, two good years. But at any rate, that's the history. And so I might have seen you 30 years ago. But if I didn't see you 30 years ago when there was only a third of the class there 30 years ago. Right. There's only a third of the class there now 50 years ago. So odds are great. I missed you if you didn't go there. Hmm. Therefore, there were half a dozen or so people there out of 31 who hadn't seen me since the last day of high school. I never went to graduation. I never went to the ceremony. I said, fuck that. Uh-huh. I'm not, you know, it's a piece of paper from these assholes. <laughs> was my attitude. And me and another guy just skipped out. We just went to his house and had some beers. And you look more or less the same, I think. Much, much, more or less. And, and so they had seen me. The last time they saw me, I was five foot four inches tall. So now as a six foot elderly man, they can't believe their eyes because the last time I saw them, they were at least, I had taller than me. If not a head and shoulders taller than me. Right. And so an exclamation from someone was, when the fuck did you grow? Which I didn't expect to hear. <laughs> and I finally gave an answer that was, well, 49 years ago, I, ago, I grew seven inches. Grow, yes. And 48 years ago, I grew another several. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry I missed you at the 20-year reunion. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that was funny and unexpected. And I was quite surprised that I recognized everybody but three people. Wow. And of the three that I couldn't recognize, I had, of the three, uh, two of them I had good conversations with on around common history, but I just could not place them. Right. And it wasn't until I looked at the yearbook from my graduating year that I said, oh, of course, because they did not necessarily look the same or I couldn't. That seems like a useful document for attending a reunion is the yearbook. To like, You're right. to but, be, and everyone's badge should be like, "Hi, my name is Dennis, and here's my original yearbook photo. Remember how I used to look?" Yes, that, that in make, fact is a common. Is it a thing that people do? Yes, yes. Okay, so, I thought I was. Being here's the thing that I did not know that might interest you, and and both of our listeners who are left mm-hmm. are one that, as I did not know, that first Friday of August is designated by all three major high schools in our region as Reunion Day, mm-hmm. and to celebrate that first day of Reunion Day. They host a golf tournament that has over 100, almost 150 people in it. And it's all three high schools competing in a scramble as teams to right. see which high school of the three wins. And then everybody goes off to their individual high school, individual year reunion. Because if there's anything uh, important about this scholastic adventure in the United States, it's sports and defeating the other schools. Yes, yes, yes. So then that means that when I'm at the hotel celebrating the class of 51, that there's also a group in another room I see who are the class of 1960. Now, I'll tell you what, that 11 years has put a hurting on me because they, they all look. Hold on. They all look a little. 71. 71. That's me. Okay. And they're 1960. And also 1965 and I believe 1979. Uh. And one of the classes had their reunion across the street at a bar from where I was in a hotel with a sit-down dinner, which was a bit tedious. You know, and speaker, good friend of mine, guy I love, but I couldn't hear him. He needed a mic, and he doesn't have a resonating voice. And right. I was like, come on, this, what, whatever it is you're talking about. It's, you're no you master ceremonies. anything fun? Is that we going to do anything fun, or are we just going to now eat? Yeah. Nothing fun at all. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Behold it your wasn't, big potato. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't hilarious, that's for sure. But we had a lot of fun running into each other. But across the street, my older brother, JoJo, 
has his reunion. He was two classes ahead of me with guys that I loved and interacted with my whole life for 50 years off and on. And the funniest people, some of the funniest people I've ever met, two of which I'm I'm, going to mention in in something that that you'll love. So I went across the street after mine was over with my rather dull affair. And as it turns out, the 10 or 12 of those same classmates came over later to Mm -hmm. the bar across the street, which had an outside bar and had a big green area where you could go back and uh, have, you know, a big area. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, beautiful night, live band out in the open, huge place, just such a good time. People nice. I hadn't seen in forty years, fifty years, and the recognition I had of people was in the center of their face. If you consider a circle around just someone's eyes, nose, and mouth, right? As long as you are concentrating on that, you can recognize about anybody because that hasn't changed. The distance between their eyes and the distance between their eyes and their nose, which was probably larger, and the distance then of the mouth and how it's positioned on the skull hasn't changed. Algorithm, yes. Um, and so we did all that. And then the next day, we have all Menzeni, it's the name of the school, Cardinal Menzeni. We have mm-hmm. an all Menzeni reunion, all classes. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm walking into the play at the Elks Club, which is an iconic yep. bar Imagine that goes that. back forever in my history. Used to be so premier. I couldn't. I would love at any time to be able to get in there because it was so fancy, all oak and all old and all just gorgeous and a beautiful old building. And it yeah, I, I explored that on, on Google Street View when, after you, Did you? said that yeah. last time. And so it's seen better days. But there's a, a state cop who was tending bar, and they had, unlike all the other bars I've been to, they had the good sense to go to Southern Tier Brewing Company in that region of the world and offer several of their drafts, including a porter which was excellent. And mm-hmm. I've been complaining for two days about not having any good beer in the bars and not happy. So unhappy the first day, I just drank scotch. And I later the, the next day did tell people, when you're thirsty, don't drink scotch. Don't, if you're thirsty, drink beer. That's good. That's a take-home thought technology that we can really give our listener. Put it on a, put it is, on a sticker. Is, if you're thirsty, don't drink scotch. Right, leave it at that. Don't drink scotch. Don't drink scotch. If you're That's thirsty, exactly right. drink the beer. Uh, How hard is that? So I did, and the next day I wish I had. And so I cooled by, chilled by the pool mm-hmm. and uh, had drank brought it. from our previous weekend away, as you may recall. I brought the same cooler and the same vodka and a silver flask and the same wonderful Bloody Mary mix and a cooler full of ice and some crackers and different things. And I took that out by the pool and sat there and jumped in the cold water and was foggy. And my good buddy, uh, Ronnie showed up with my good buddy his wife mary and we they got there and it was like wow they called me and said what are you doing i said come on down to pull they didn't care to swim it was, it was a little surprising to me because it was real hot hmm. they came we sat in the shade and talked and talked and i said hey you want a bloody mary and ronnie says eh, i don't know the bar's closed <laughs> and she says eh. and i said no i'm the bar Your wife's name is mary oh yes so yeah and so i got the bar yeah. And so, they're, oh, yeah, all right. So I mixed up three Bloody Marys. Because you were saying last week about how, oh, there's a pool with a bar, but the bar was closed. But luckily, you were open. That, that's that good. was last week I told you that? Yeah. You said you, that was your plan. Oh, really? Yeah. No. You did. You did, that's I swear. That's true. That's not true. <clears throat> so we so, had a- hold on. One follow-up from last week. I want to know if you got to tell any of your butchy stories. No. In fact, I'll tell you that the, the people who organized it and the work they did, my hat's off to them. But whenever I've managed any events of, of any magnitude, I've made certain that there are ample opportunities for the people who are involved to laugh, both who are running the event and those who are engaged in the event. And it's got to be fun. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some funny stuff. There's got to be some entertainment. Putting together, we did one year, we did a, we did a talent show. It was Hilarious! People had one day to figure out what they were doing. We had a guy that was in charge of the state police division, the, the police enforcement division of our of, of an area of the state. Can't remember what state. So he, one of the law states. enforcement dude, he dresses up like Cupid with a big diaper and a little pink bow and arrow, otherwise naked. This guy and the song that sings, that he sings and dances to is Cupid. Ba, 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 da. And he dances with his feet up like he's shooting an arrow. Die laughing. Die laughing. But at this event, and I don't know if this is the way they go, they really didn't put a premium on laughter. There were a couple of stories of the planning committee, which were insider jokes and humorous. But to those of us who weren't on the Zoom, didn't mean much. But it was like they didn't think that one of the things that happened, though, and this may be the critical thing, is that 
Butchie was the guy who's going to be the master ceremonies. No. And he's outrageous. He's outrageous. I didn't realize you said he was like preparing to go to this, but when he expired. I didn't know that until I got there, but and you, and obviously I didn't know that when I told you. But wow. yes, he was planning on having, I think, a major role, if not the No so, wonder. Eric. So Joe filled in and did mention him. But if it were me, I would have said, I would have had a mic up there, a little podium. You're outside in a covered area, like a pole barn, concrete floor. And invite people to come up and, and tell a and story. Talk. Has anybody got a Butchie story? And they're going to be funny because Butchie was funny. Right. And I wanted to know, too, so who are the other seven people who died? One of them was a good friend of mine who I, was one of my closest friends, died at a young age, and drank himself to death, literally. But the... There wasn't that wasn't that there wasn't that longitudinal view for the people who go frequently or maybe go to all of them, which maybe they're every five years or something, and they live in the towns there. They, I think, they're they're friends. Right. Still, you know, and so they, they don't have any stories that they haven't told to each other twenty five times. I don't know that. You, one one would think, but I don't know that. But regardless of that, if that's the case, then they've got what one would call a polished story to tell. Indeed. Because they've told it enough times. They know when to pause and when to build suspense and, what's and funny when to and what's release. Not. And the thing is about our, our class was there were some jokers. There were some, I was one of them, but these so other same. two guys who I recognized immediately and we told stories, of course, of our antics. One of the antics, the op-told story that is legendary, is that in this math class, we had a nun who was gorgeous, who during our years at the high school went from an old Jesuit-style habit that showed nothing but her face to the new dress. And we knew that she had a pretty face and she had a body that was unknown because she was in a, a, a robe. She was a freaking knockout. Right. And she loved us and we loved her and she was funny and she was young. Mm. And so in her class, there were antics. And these two dudes, who I, Tommy and, and Kevin, they would jump off their desk onto the floor on their hands and their toes and scamper to the front of the room in between on all fours with their tongue moving like a lizard, imitating reptiles who at the slightest sign that Margie Shanley, Sister Margie, was going to turn around, they were back in their desk and they never got caught. <laughs> and there were 16, 18 students who that's what we would do. And the rest of us, wouldn't be, we couldn't laugh. Or we'd, sometimes that's why she would turn around because people were laughing and she might even say, What's you know, because Tom and Kevin would sit there then like, you know, innocent as could be, and they were really good at it. So as history went, so that class... I organized a little post-class meeting mm -hmm. with folks. I said, hey, folks, stick around. Margie had to go. Sister had to go. And I said, look, this is what I want to do. Blah, 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 blah. Let's do this plan. Let's do this plan. Everybody's like, good, man. Good. Wait, was this you're jumping out the window? Yes. Tom and Kevin and I were reminiscing, and Tom reminded me of pieces I hadn't recalled. But the basic story goes that everyone who attended that meeting knew that at a certain point in time, in response to some innocent thing that the teacher said, I was going to become confrontational and say something about how this makes no sense and just, you know, and stand up and say it. And whatever I said then would prompt all of the other students to slowly move their desk toward the corner of the room where the <laughs> teacher was. And Tom said that what we were chanting was long division, long <laughs> division, and got her cornered. Of course, her desk was up there, so we couldn't get too close. And as planned, Tom, who I recall this, he was the one nearest the window. He opened up the window, and it all—it was very quick right. for me complaining about this or that, and, and then the blah, blah, boom, and then me saying, this makes no sense, I'm out of here. And I just fling myself out the window. I don't, like, crawl on the windowsill and drop down. Yeah, yeah. I put my hand on the windowsill and jump out. Nice. And it's called a second story, but it's a story and a half, thank God, because huh. the first story is half underground at right. the school. And I land there a minute, long enough for the teacher, horrified, thinking death and, and what, oh my God, just, oh, 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 you know, maybe even screaming and then seeing me lay there and then as planned, I'm like up and, and run. But I've been practicing for a week. But what an opportunity. Wait, 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 hold on, hold story on. Again. You had practiced that jump? Absolutely. I could have broke both my ankles. Okay. So you started with the tentative sitting on the windowsill jumping and then built your way up to the... Yeah, I think I practiced twice, and I just knew that I right. had to hit and roll. Hit and roll, yeah. And laying there was... I don't know how much I was laying there, frankly, because I hit and roll, and then, of course, I had to run away. <laughs> right. <laughs> and leaving school grounds without permission during school hours, potential death and... You know, what if the nun had leaned out the window was so scared and fell out and broke her neck? <laughs> Do you know what the or word is for throwing someone out a window? Yes, you told me this. We, de we dedicated almost an entire episode to this. Defenestration. Remember? What? Defenestration. Defenestration. Ah. And well, that would be a good that would be a good title of the story. It would. Den Dennis's defenestration. 
Hey, good. so that story well, was told, and we, it would have been fun for several of us, right. me, Kevin, and Tom, for example, mm -hmm. to come up to the microphone and between the three of us tell this story about how this happened. Because that's what we did all night anyway in our groups and, and, and very funny stories. And I wonder what became of uh, Sister Marjorie or whatever. We don't know. But there was a the Saturday after our event at the Almond Zenny event, two of my brother's classmates, who I recall with, with and had seen over the years, were the co-master of ceremonies. And they had a Catholic principal from another school talk who adopted our school colors and our school mascot and tribute to the only Catholic school in the county, blah, blah, blah. And then they uh, did this thing where they said... You just might be a Manzani monarch if, and this routine. The Foxworthy. And, and, and the one I remember is that if you think it's a sexy move, unbutton the top button of your starched white shirt all the way down to your second button where your blue cardigan sweater is and show that part of your neck where you hold your crucifix, <laughs> you just might be a Manzani monarch. Nice. And some, some like that, and, and, I, and a lot of them, 10, 12, sure. very funny. And then later, as the Coupe de Grasse, they did the speaker then after that. This guy who, in the Catholic tradition, was drinking his beer, which was foaming over, and his mic kept going out. And he said, you know, I'm supposed to turn this into a drinking game, but I'm, I'm going to drink no matter what you say. <laughs> and then his beer overflows, and mic keeps going out, and they're hitting it. It's not hitting it. It's, it's true. They keep nice. shaking it worse. <laughs> Nobody with any IT sense in the room. Right. And then they do the old Johnny, uh, Johnny Carson the mind reader, right. Karnak uh, the Great. Right. And the, uh, the great Karnak or whatever it is, and the two of them are perfect. And, and Billy comes out in the big and knows all the, uh, you know, of course, knows all the answers as he holds the card up to his forehead. These were outrageous. These were very, some of them funny, just funny where you just belly laugh. Nice. And a bunch of them. I mean, 10, 12 of them. And, and then there was a raffle for the Catholic school. We closed the place down, 130. Yeah, man. My brother, his buddies, these guys are funny. Joe hadn't seen them. I hadn't seen them in 30 years. 30 years. These two dudes, wow. these MCs, Mark and... Mark and Billy, and they, they've got the Big Manzetti banner that they roll up, and they take it home, and they got a place to store it. And the Dimmer brothers and sisters, who are all part of it, and they were all there, include Billy, who I mentioned. Billy, then his brother Barry, and then their brother Bobby, and then their brother oh, Brian, and then their sister Bonnie. They were <laughs> all there. They were all there. That's funny. And I was, if I had a moment to stand up, I would have thanked them and said, and thank you to the Dimmers, to, to Billy, Barry, Bobby, Brian, and Bonnie. And I don't know if you all know this, but they're proud grandparents and their kids, Boo Boo, Bangladesh, Bobo, and Booby Boochie Koo couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> nice. So uh, uh, I have a question. Catholic schools have cheerleaders? Oh yeah. So it's similar to I, other regular- It's like any school, except you're taught by a mixture, in my case, of nuns, priests, and secular staff who are just, <laughs> you know, Okay. And the secular staff and I got along fine. And the the non-secular, the priests and the nuns, they gave me a, they gave me a on my report card a score for conduct, which was code for are you a good Catholic boy? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. And so I got a low score. I wasn't one of the ones that went to mass every morning. That was I wasn't one of the ones who. And why is that? Why is that not in, on your resume? Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I flunked it. I flunked conduct. I mean, no, this is a bit of history. You're like, this should be in, in this should be on the web. We you need, flunked we conduct. This in my Wikipedia definition. I'm the only person in the history of Cardinal Zenny High School who got straight A's for all four years and was never allowed into the honor society because of his conduct. Only one. It's a badge of... Uh, you're, hey, a ba you're a bad smart hey, boy. All I can say to this is, let's drink to that. Yes, amen. Because uh, I sure did then. So, speaking of defenestration... I thought we could transition into the end. Yeah. Wow. I'm interested in your thoughts. It was a little herky-jerky for me because the way my subscription showed the episodes, there were two years because it's an old show. It's previously must have been in, in England, Australia, and British yeah. Empire, so to speak. And then it bounced into what they call first season, and there was only one episode. And I think I may have missed one. But what, so what are you, and I've caught up. So what, what were your impressions? It's it, it originally aired throughout 2020, all 10 episodes. You said last time that you thought there were like seven and you had seen five or something. Um, right. Now I've seen all seven. So all that ten. was released. Yeah, I know. Oh. Of ten. You haven't seen I all ten? Have, I don't have access to the final three yet. They're not aired. Oh, fuck me. So I've seen number okay. seven. Okay. Okay. I will tailor my, tailor my discussion. I've seen so all ten. 
Yeah, it's more of the more of the initial stuff. So let me ask you a specific question. What was it in the first episode, if you can recall, that made you certain that you were going to watch the second one? Because after you watched the first one, you were clear you were going to. Am I right? It's the same thing you said last episode of what the hell is going on here? Why does this woman so clearly want to kill herself? And what is this move into this re- retirement village in Australia? And maybe in the first episode maybe they even talk about the neighbor that that keeps digging for his wife that was the first episode he was introduced in episode one yeah briefly as the odd eccentric neighbor but yeah and also just your recommendation i so so let me give you a characteristic of it and and i think you'll agree is that it was very darkly funny the opening three four minutes of her aborted attempt to kill herself Right. Which culminated in a shot of her laying in the snow with her eyes wide open saying, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Was that opening scene made me know two things. One, I definitely was going to watch it, the next one. But also, I was already convinced I'd watch the whole thing. Yeah. That's all it took. And what an interesting... Because this show is taking on the topic of assisted death euthanasia euthanasia and it i remember the first movie i ever saw really about euthanasia was it's the first movie i ever saw in spanish i guess there were english subtitles because i saw it in in england at the cinema and i had no idea who the actor was but i was convinced that this was a real quadriplegic and his performance was so amazing and he wasn't and his name is javier bardem Oh, my God. And I had never heard of him. I didn't know who he was. But this movie, in Spanish, it's called Mar Adentro. In English, it has another name. It's like Deep Sea or something. The Sea Inside. From 2004. The what inside? The Sea. As in, like, the ocean. Oh, The Sea Inside? Yes. And So I have two pages of homework, mm-hmm. none of which I've been able to accomplish. For this, I am... Embarrassed but, and sorry. Yes. But in this, it talks about the struggle in Spain of how assisted suicide is illegal. And a lot of that goes back to the Catholic Church is very anti-suicide. And the church in general, I think, is, I think people, if you pull them, I think they are in favor of, yeah, if you want to die, you should be able to take, right. take a, a pill and die super painlessly. But the institutions and the governments are if they were to rule like that then they would get some pushback from the churches and so it's an un, it's one of these things like gun control or healthcare where where 90% of the people are in favor of a thing and yet it can't get passed because of the powerful lobbies but yes assisted suicide is a very it's a morally gray issue i feel pretty confident that it should be allowed but but yeah, I, I can see the ways that it could be uh, perverted but yeah this show and it's not for being so sad and about death it's pretty funny uh, well and the understories the, the subplots of each of the two girls each of the two children and their lives and then the other side story which just makes it for complex screenplay which well acted but different strains of business was the husband in prison and all of that strain and it was remarkably complex but shown simply with good clean acting and dialogue which was not sparse but it wasn't overspoken Hmm. and a lot of it very visual and all character driven it turns out the actor that plays Oberon actually is a trans man I'm not surprised he's he's, he she is yes that that, that character is so well played and oh and the yeah, yeah. It just the I like shows that display that side of humanity that a lot of us a lot of us don't know incredibly homosexual people like like his friend or trans people. I I know a couple of trans people but just like on Twitter that I have that I know that I was friends with before they transitioned and continue to be after and that's a such an interesting mind blowing thing because yeah it and thankfully we are to a point at least we're not great but at least in our society yeah. we're to a point where we can somewhat respect those individuals but it's, it's complicated there's been tremendous progress yes and i think in that way the because of the multifaceted 
perspectives of not one or two, but three different kind of areas of life in the life in our world, imprisonment and death and sexuality. Yep. It's, yeah, let's take on all three of these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. What an yeah. ambitious task. And the primary two characters, the mother and the daughter, are, are just fantastic. They are. Well, and I've looked at their little, the, the little, their faces, their, their, show, their portfolio pictures. Right. Not the way they look in the movie. The woman who plays the mother, oh, what's her name? Come on, we shouldn't be calling her the mother. What is her name? Harriet Walter. Yeah, but the character. Uh, her character is Edie. Edie. She's remarkable. Just remarkable. And her portfolio picture shows a, a woman who looks really different than Edie. Right. To say the least, but she's a big reason I kept coming back. And the woman who plays Katie is no slouch. So yeah, I'm darn. I, I was hoping I that you would seen it and seen it before, and I thought I'll give it a shot. I'm hoping that you'd made it to the end of the end. I can't. Uh, so we can talk about it. It's three weeks, so it gives us something to do in uh, September. If you're ever able to, because so far your homework takes tastes like bacon to the dog. You're, yeah, except that my homework assignments all require me to have access to well, get your that geek, I don't have. Get your geek, so, dude. I know. Well, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna get an IT guy. He's gonna come in. Okay. He's gonna fix it. Walking. The way I want it. All right. So, like you did to me last time, what's your actions? What's your action plan? What are your steps? How are you gonna number accomplish one. this? Okay. Let me do number one right now. Write it down. Oh, there it is already. Call IT. Okay. That's it. That's the plan. Okay. Let's let's revisit this next meeting, and we will. Uh, <laughs> These are meetings now what you call these this is too serious <laughs> so do i have can i call for a motion to end the meeting no you can resume the podcast or do yes. i have a vote are you in charge are you someone is i know there's a hierarchy here and somehow i feel like i'm not on the top no okay speaking of death <laughs> we were a while ago we left some homework on the table several weeks ago oh where I actually did my homework, unlike someone oh, else, yes. and I watched Sophie's Choice. Yes. Speaking of death, let's and, get this light. But so I was aware of what the choice was, but the movie's not about that. That's just one flashback for thirty seconds. Is what the choice was. I'd say a little more than that, but and know. but it explains because it's a flashback. It explains her character throughout the rest of the movie. That, but yeah. yes, but it's all this. Like, I had no idea what the movie was, that it was going to be so much of this third wheel friend's romance. But uh, it was as much about her husband as it was about her. Right. Kevin Klein's character was the central character on the good, the bad side, good, bad, and neutral in this case. But all three characters. The protagonist, the protagonist. And he was remarkably cruel. And Stinko, what a perfect young character for him, just in awe and in love with both of them. And what a role, because he, that was like his second ever role in anything. And to knock it out of the park like he did is well, just unbelievable. Well, not an easy thing to do when your two co-actors, your two co-stars are right. freaking Kevin Klein and Meryl Streep. This is the thing about the emotional life of that movie, both anguish and pain from her husband, but um, from her unspeakable and for the most of the movie unknown sorrow her way of letting you know through her looks and her body language of the depth of that sorrow which just made you so fucking curious as to what right. actually had happened and the movie is partly about getting to know that because that explains how vulnerable she is and how difficult then what's i don't remember kevin klein's role's name was it Stephen? That's all I can come up with is Stephen. That can't be right, though. I doubt it. Nathan Landau. Nathan. And just the type of character, in fact, that Kevin Klein personified throughout his career. A, you know, an eccentric, larger-than-life, self-absorbed, completely confident man, although in this case a hopeless alcoholic and a white beater. But I know him more as a, as a comedy character he's but, had that chair that but in each of those comedies that's basically his persona right hey man so i got my double jacuzzi this was the beer in the freezer it's not a jacuzzi double jacuzzi look at i'm clever koozie hey koozie why don't we well they probably make them already for beer bottles tall ones maybe they don't 
I'll bet you they do. Bottle socks, we can call it. Bottle socks. Yeah, so it, it was a wild ride. and It was a movie that I was thinking about for hours afterwards. Like, I, I watched well, the movie, and then, I, and then I, I went for a walk, and, and I was just thinking about it. I have, I know you are, well, there's a movie that I watched this weekend, because without my family here, the days... Oh, you're on your... Uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned... Oh, that's two-week Rodriguez? Yep. It's a fortnight, baby. They're that's coming back long, soon. man. Yeah. Surprised you didn't start to grow your hideous beard back. I did for a while, but then I decided, nah, why would I do that? But thank you for your oh. prediction. So you mentioned when we were talking about Interstellar that it was boring until Jessica Chastain showed up. And I... Not boring. A little... Slow. Unconvincing. Okay. Unconvincing. That was your word. I apologize for misconstruing your words. Anyway, I was clicking around on Netflix, and I discovered this movie from 2017 called Molly's Game. Oh, yes. Have you seen this? Yes. And I love a gambling movie, and Jessica Chastain is freaking amazing. She was some serious shit in that movie. And she was some serious shit. Not to mention Idris Elba. Kevin Costner didn't really do much, but it just an amazing movie and more or less based on true events yeah. which always makes movies more interesting yes um, and i would watch it again for additional discussion but uh, it was fantastic it, uh, i've had a hiatus from any tube except for finishing up the end when i got back as much fun as we've been having and traveling here and there's nice to get out again delta variant is coming back master not recommended again we're we've what had more fuck, deaths man? in louisiana and more hospitalization in louisiana than at the height of it some southern cities, the unvaccinated population is so high that hospitals are to the full. They're rethinking school uh, masks and attendance. And in the meantime, the brilliant Governor DeSantis in Florida is making it against the law for schools to mandate that their children have masks. In fact, they can't make the children have masks because apparently, I'm just spitballing here, our children are expendable. And the people that they infect are elderly and challenged, they are, in fact, expendable. Guess who is being discussed as the very likely successor to Trump world if Trump doesn't run? Who else but this guy who, in fact, is at least as stupid and soulless as Trump, but dumber. Trump, and I've said this before, Trump wasn't dumb, really. Trump wasn't dumb. This guy, I think, he's got some dumb in him. Okay. More so than Trump. Trump just didn't give a fuck about about appearing clever. Like, when he was doing his man-woman-camera-TV thing where he was just naming shit that he saw and, like, the worst possible improv, like, he just didn't care about what he was saying or who... How it looked. How it looked or whatever. Right. I wouldn't call him super clever, but he knew he he had a spark of charisma that I don't think we've ever seen before in a politician. In a way that he could say the dumbest things and people cared on both sides because people cared on the side that liked him because they thought, oh my God, finally someone is as dumb as I am and is <laughs> saying stupid shit. And on the other side of people that were like, how can this man be so dumb? I can't look away. What's yeah. he going to say next? Yeah. And I don't know. It, I saw earlier today they announced that California is going to require vaccinations for schools. But is that like the start opposite of no, mask are, no masks are required? Yeah. Right. Going to require and, and Newsom, at the same time that Newsom is undergoing at least a second recall vote. But hey, how about this big news that, that in the COVID history is remarkable from the height of political fame to the low of political embarrassment is the uh, resignation of Cuomo. Cuomo from New York, who was watched and heralded as the COVID guru, published a book, and then ever since it's gone downhill. This is the thing about politics, and of course, the, the common knowledge. Politicians are only one decision and or one action from someone else away from being not only unpopular, but driven from office. And it has never been, they have never been as appropriately vulnerable 
as they uh, are now. Except for the previously mentioned orange motherfucker. Orange man? Who there was nothing he could do or say. It's not over yet. It's still in the courts. Yeah, but you just said every politician is one move away from being, you didn't say canceled, but you said canceled. But no one could cancel Trump. He never got canceled. And he won't ever get canceled. I'm, yeah, I, I actually think this, that Trump was canceled. He lost the election. And barely. He, huh? Barely, barely. 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 Is that what you said is barely? Barely. <laughs> I like should a bear. what that T on your T-shirt stood for. So I'm in the in the Y today taking a shower. And there's this, there's this dude who's in the shower. And I know he's a Trumper. And, uh, You've mentioned him before. Yes, I have. His name is Jim, little guy. And uh, my buddy from poker who, who berated me so much at the Les Poker game that I actually left early, which nobody's done in the years I've been involved. And I saw him. Who's, and he's got a political background, and he used to say, Jim's running for city commissioner. And I, I decided not to go in the whirlpool because I only had a few minutes. I had 10 minutes, but to, to see if I could generate some political ill will because he's a Trumper. It, with Brian's introduction to that he was running. And the first thing I said was, oh, you're running? Who's your opponent? And his opponent's a guy I know, an 84-year-old dude who's been a city commissioner forever. And I said, oh, I like him. And he walked out of the shower, and they were talking, and they didn't quite hear me. And I came around the corner, and he was walking out, and I said to Brian real loud, I said, he's a Trumper, isn't he? And Brian says, oh, yeah, he's a Trumper. So I go to follow him out while he's drying his hair and shit, and he disappeared, and there was no more. But I was egging. I was egging. I wanted to say two things to him in this order. Policies aside, what are your values? And then he'd say, values? Uh, yeah, your values, your principles, your values in life. And maybe he is ready to answer that. He should be. But he'll think of something, and, and he'll say, well, just good government. And, Guns and freedom. And looking out for the people and, and, and this and that. And then the second follow-up question would be, are you a Trump supporter? And then, of course, the follow-up is, wait a minute, I don't get it. If those are your values, how can you support Trump? And they're off to the races. We're off to the races. Whatever those values were, let's use those as a series of topics. Yeah. About the president. What? To know. Look, to we, know all, we all fantasize about confronting the other side and clearly demonstrating what fools they are. But Which never, will never happens. happen. Yeah. That is, is what it is. So last night I watched another, because I have all this spare, spare time, I watched this Netflix documentary uh, about mushrooms. Ooh. I know a little bit about those. And it's... It actually, they interviewed several people that I have read books by, and basically, fungi are just the most amazing thing. Like, they are integral to all of life on Earth. They will take literally anything and break it down into parts that are usable by other life forms. And we really have no solid understanding of what the hell, like, magic mushrooms do or are or what that is. And they briefly touched on this hypothesis. That, that I enjoyed, that maybe one of the reasons that humans became so smart and have such a bigger brain was that our ancestors were eating some shrooms. And Oh, and by the way, the main guy that's the most expert on this in the whole world, he hates the, world sh- he hates the word shrooms. Paul Stamets is his name. Because it's disrespectful. Yeah, it's a slang. Yeah, it's disrespectful because he very much is like he thinks maybe that mushrooms are the ones that are really in charge around here. And we need to res- we need to respect them accordingly because they facilitate communication between plants, between trees and stuff, where the mycelia between trees, the trees can pass food and carbon and stuff through these. It's basically this you know underground internet of nutrients and resources. Right. And he, he just believes that they are just the most amazing thing. Anyway, he, he told me, he told the story of when he was a kid, he had a really bad stutter and he was so anxious about it that he would never look anyone in the eye and he would always keep his head down. And that's why he, as a kid, found a bunch of fossils and mushrooms because his head was always down looking at the ground. But then after he took some mushrooms, he took a way like four or six times what you should take to have a really amazing trip on mushrooms. He took a whole bunch of mushrooms one time and and had the amazing experience where he like climbed this tree during a thunderstorm. And he was just hugging onto this tree and, and there was just lightning and everything around him. And when he woke up, he decided, I'm not going to stutter anymore. And he hasn't since. Wow. So that's wow. wow. I know, right? <laughs> that's a very happy ending. Yeah, man. Hey, you and I are fun guys, right? I told you the, the, the mispronunciation problem I had, that I had a shirt on 
that the back of it was a giant mushroom and the front of it said, I'm just a fun guy. Huh? I'm a fun guy or something like that. And I, for 20 years, I called it fungi. And <laughs> I never got it. I never got it. That's hilarious. And when it was discovered how stupid I was for 20 years, it, it's a story my brother tells all the time to make people clear that I'm really, I'm not very smart. <laughs> Hold on. I have a thought about that. I read recently, and I love it, that if you mispronounce a word that you've only ever read, that should be a badge of honor because it means that you read a whole shit ton of books more than you talk to people that are that, that know about the sort of shit that you read about it's and if you make those mistakes that should be that should be a thing that that you should be proud of i should get a but it won't stop your brothers from laughing well god did we have a good time well it was but that was a seven and a half hour drive there and seven and a half almost eight hour drive back and that is a long drive. It's a long drive. For a Friday to a Friday night event, the day you drive, you've got the event, and then that's 1.30 in the morning, and then the next day, and then you leave. Get up and leave. I've done that. That's about how far away my family is now. That's exhausting. I've done that that's exhausting. weekend visit, and it just kills you. But Here's a story you like, IT story. I go, and my, my, my high school friend, Bob, is there and Bob tall lanky now gray-haired beard then tall lanky was the class photographer and did all the pictures in the yearbook and whatnot and I recalled that as the evening went on and he said to me he said your our sophomore year your performance in the musical that was an Oklahoma ripoff which by the way was called a, a blaze of glory but it was an Oklahoma ripoff mm-hmm. and I played the character whose name I think was William Clayton the third but I was a, a, a good old boy Oklahoma hillbilly aka hippie type hillbilly and the song that I sang was Mac the Knife and it was a tune that earned me a reputation as a singer but also received standing ovations and and was taken to a, another city for a performance and mm. it, it, it was my sophomore year so he says I, oh man, he said that was quite the musical, and I said, "Yeah, it was my. It wasn't my favorite character. It was my second favorite character." And he says, "I have the video of it." Oh shit! And I said, "You have the video of what?" He said, "My. I was in the audience, and my parents were there taking video recording, and I've got it." And he twisted his phone, no. pressed play, and showed me from when fifty-two uh, years ago, when I was not only five foot three maybe but I also looked like I was 10 mm-hmm. dressed as a hippie who in the same musical was my big brother Joe who played the governor and my brother's buddy Billy Dimmer who was the comedian did the, the Karnak thing an organizer who also had a solo lead a singer and one of my classmates Billy Jones who was the, the, the love interest the main lead the leading man dressed like a cowboy and my brother and the cowboy Billy Jones did a soft shoe and it was and it was astounding. There's no sound, however. I'm sorry, what is this? Which I here? didn't know in the third sing of it, because the first times I'd seen it, I was in such loud environments that right. I thought, I assumed there was a sound and I couldn't hear it. But plotting to when the show, I don't know if I'm still alive or they do another one. I, there's a there's a thing that, that they may do a reunion when everyone turns 70, which oh, would God. only be in a couple of years. I, I actually was the youngest one in class, so I, unless they hold it in Christmas, <laughs> I, won't, <laughs> I wouldn't be 70. So but, wait, this video, yes. did, you, did you get him to send you a copy? I discovered that he's sending it to Billy, who I'll be in contact with rather than complicating his to-do list with sending it to multiple people. But, of course, you can't send it. It's an hour and 15 minutes video. He's got to post it somewhere is all he's got to do and then give us a but, So it's Only there a website that hosts yeah, video. Yeah, just for that. Free. So yeah. he, I was thinking that whenever Billy and Mark are doing their show, whatever that would be, five years or whatever, the Albans Zeddy reunion, is to show a clip of that, which has no sound, and when it gets to the part, show a little bit before I sing, but then when it gets to the part where they're showing me but you can't hear me, Overdub it. I come in from behind the scene, from a, nobody can see me, actually lip-syncing it right. to me singing it back then, because I sing it just the same, although then I was probably a soprano or certainly an alto. And now I'm a little deeper. But then, and the end of it, come out dressed like 
the character. <laughs> I think it would be a blast. Yes. And then and maybe have Joe ready to do his song as the governor and maybe Billy ready to sing his song. Yes, it would be yes, so yes. much fun. So much fun. First of all, you need to send me this video as soon as you possibly can. Yeah? Can you I... find the sound for it? No. It's not a thing that you can just search for. No, it was recorded by the priest. He's dead, though. The priest yeah. who was the director, the main organizer of it. Father Breitenhauer, the prefect of discipline. Mm. Uh, the principal of uh, Father Boskiel. Well, everyone, we've had another day at Carmel Sunday. I, uh, uh, um, a few announcements to make tomorrow for lunch. Uh, not Salad won't be available again, sorry. And, and uh, Dennis Schrantz, <laughs> please report to the prefect of discipline immediately uh, following the bell. Seems accurate. seems to be a recurring theme. Father Robleska. Wait, Father Robleska, we call him Father Warbles. Close. He had a big tongue, didn't quite fit in his mouth, so he talked like this in the microphone. He was the most boring person. <laughs> we should do uh, next episode with that voice. That's good. Yeah. So, you know, there's just so many so many stories. i one of the one of our friends, a person who at the time I would call an underclassman passed, had a, a car accident, terrible car wreck and died. But his sister, who was in my class, and I became close, and she sent me over 40 years ago a message, uh, must have been an email message, it wasn't a letter, about a dream she had. And there was a spiritual side to it and whatnot, and, and connected with her brother Jim who had passed on. But one of the stories I would love to have told was that I had this funny thing going on with Big Jim, who was 6'6". Six, six. And he couldn't play basketball, but boy, he could sure pass him the ball and put it in the hoop. Sure. And a football player, a huge kid, huge. And I was a littlest guy. I was literally just above his waist. And I had the shtick with him that became funny in the hallways where I'd see him and I'd start yelling at him and he would shirk and be just terribly afraid of me, <laughs> you know, to be funny. Love it, yeah. And two things he did when he got tired of that. One was he picked me up and he locked me in, his, in, in my locker which <laughs> picked me up because I could fit in a locker, which mm -hmm. was, that's how small I was. But then I continued to irritate him, apparently, and it got too much for him. So the second time, he carried me under his arm, like I was a stick of wood, right. carried me outside to the back. I mean, we might have been in the back when this occurred, and he picked me up over his head mm -hmm. so that I was literally over eight and a half feet in the air, yep. and he tossed me a, into a hedge that was about nine feet tall. A nice. real gnarly, prickety hedge, which was so gnarly that I literally landed in it and was sitting on it. I didn't fall into it much. Prickly and, oh, my God, and I had to roll out, and it was in front of the, the boarding, the building, the boarding house where all the priests stayed. God, I would love to have told that story. But I did in, in individual conversation or two or three people standing around. You should have in an event like this since it only happens so rarely, particularly for the folks who haven't been there, at all, perhaps one guy came and never been there. Is to give give him a second to say something. Everyone you know. should have a minute with the mic, and if the crowd is receptive, unlimited time while the crowd is receptive. Yes. If someone gets up and is super boring and wants to nitpick something that happened when they thought that they got an answer right on a test, but they really okay. Thank you for your story. We're going to take the mic away and give it over to someone else. But if someone is up there telling stories and the crowd is just doubled over laughing, keep going. Right. What's, what could be better than that? Because you know, and, and everyone, a, every one of us has a story from high school that really no one else of our classmates remembers. Or uh, can remember more of it or right. be prepared to, to, re to, to remember it. Or that, they, or that you tell a story and then the next person comes up in this and says, actually, the way I remember uh -huh. that story right. is blah, 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 blah. Or somebody says, I haven't thought of that in 52 years. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Because so, there you are... Know, it, it's interesting time zone thing where leading up to the event from the time that I decided to go and to the time I went and then to stay there and then come back and then talk about it when I'm back. That's a lot of talk time about a, that particular period in my life, which I might not have thought for that for one minute. For 10 years at a time. Just right, exactly. Not, doesn't come up, don't think about it, whatever. So well, it's this. I've, thankfully for this particular project that we're doing, I've heard some stories from your high school through a shoe. You have. And I don't know, the, I don't know if, if, if you've story. heard this one. So this, if I had a moment at the mic, and I thought maybe I would going into this, I thought maybe I would. I thought they would say, does anybody have a story about Butchie? Or, 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 but they, did, they didn't. You, Dennis, was, here, take the mic. What I would tell, say us, is, tell us a story. Whenever I'm from time to time depressed 
and a trauma wells and swells within my breast. I find some time deep inside of me to fondly walk the lanes of memory. I see missionaries munching on a mission. No, wait. I see cannibals a munching on a missionary luncheon. The years may have grown, but the memory stays like the hopes that were dashed when the stock market crashed. <laughs> Those were the good old days. Um, pum, 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 pum. That is a song from Damn Yankees. <laughs> and you've got to find this clip from that movie. There was a, a character in there named Lola, and the song was Whatever Lola Wants, Lola Gets. And it was a fiery, controversial, and this movie has a character in it that is a devil. And the devil, who's part of this, the big central part of this movie, was the character that was taken to put into this play my junior year, where coming off my Mac the Knife was this other one. And this one, Father Breitenauer, the prefect of discipline, I was still in his good graces enough that he selected me for this part, if for no other reason than the absolute typecasting of me being a devil. Because by that time, I had failed conduct for over an entire year and a half. <laughs> and I was on his radar screen, but it wasn't until the next year that he got rid of me for a, for a eh, it could be construed as a moment of an act of violence. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, there's different versions of it. <laughs> But so playing the devil and dressed like a devil in this play and having this song to sing from Damn Yankees was memorable. But that would have been a good one to sing at the mic because it's all about memories. Um, Do you remember Mac the Knife? Oh, the shark has pearly teeth, dear, and it shows them sparkling white. Just a jackknife as old Mac Keith, dear. And it keeps it, it keeps it out of sight. Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. When the jackknife falls, don't bump on with doodle doo doo. And up it's ever down, just drooping down. Yes, McKeith, dear, he's right around the corner. What could it be? Yes, could it be that old Maggie is back in town? Bonham, Lucy Miller, and Suki Tadri. Mr. Marjorie Shanley. And old Lucy Brown, oh, the line forms on the right, babe. Now that Mackie's back in town. That's right, that is. Old Mackie's back in town. Amazing. Amazing grace. Oh, Lord. Can't go there. Too sad. No. Too sad. It's a sweet sound, but. Deep down. Could have sang some blues. Could have sang some blues. The other thing I like to do. This is what I like to do, like is to. do that Mac the Knife thing and then stop that and then just pull out my harmonica and play the first opening tunes of a blues tune, right? And then, pre-planned, out of the all Menzeni High School, I got a guitar player there who comes up with his guitar and starts playing the blues with the guitar, and another dude who walks up with his bass and joins and starts playing the blues. And then maybe even a little drum kit which somebody could slap together in just two seconds, just three-piece drum kit, and uh, just see where that would go. Because there's yeah. all these musicians there for 29 years of the school. Singers, songwriters. Already. Well, I'm out of here. Lovely. You can, you can decide where to cut this. The one thing I know for sure is that I'm not going to just... All right, that's it for episode number 122. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 122. You can find the links to all the movies and things that we talked about. And if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash happy hour and buy us around. And remember, if you're thirsty, don't drink scotch. See you next week.